Welcome to Backpass with Ras, with your host Ras, and I hope you are well wherever you are listening to this episode. So, as you know, the Euros are ongoing right now, and on Twitter, I got to know of our guest today, who unusually supports a national team that is famous for IKEA and EBA, outside of its football talents, of course, and that country is Sweden. So, our guest today is Mr. T. Avineshwaran. Hello, Avinesh. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Um, <laughs> tell us about what you do as your career. Uh, okay, I'm a sports writer for this leading establishment, uh, media establishment in Malaysia for the Star. Okay. Uh, I've been with them since uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, predominantly, I write about football, uh, hockey, gymnastics, uh, basketball, uh, yada, yada, yada. Basically, jack of all trades, master of... Uh, Happy to be master of something, so I'm happy to say that you know uh, football is something that I'm quite uh, passionate about. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> all right, that's good. That's cool. So we got a writer amongst our mates today, a journalist all the way from Malaysia, originally from Perak, Ipoh, right? Yes, bro, from Ipoh. Yeah, currently born and bred. <laughs> yeah, born and bred from Ipoh. Currently based in Selangor. Uh, tell us, you got this prestigious International Sports Press Association Award. What was mm-hmm. that article all about and what's this award about? Tell us a bit about it. Okay, it's the International Sports Writers Association. It's called AIPS. Uh, I was uh, nominated for one of the best commentaries and uh, I finished top five in the list. Okay. And in Asia, I was number one la. Uh, would like to, you know, I guess it's my blessings. I guess to have such a recognition. Um, I wrote about uh, racism and what's happening in Malaysian soil, and also how it has impacted our football. It was inspired by what Coach B Satyanarayan had said at a press conference two years ago mm. with regards to one of his players being called the K word. Okay. So after listening to that, because we have been. Uh, Writing about it for quite a while, we, together with my colleague Rajan, we actually did a special report on it. We spoke to a few players, we even spoke to coaches about it. And then, uh, you know, sorry, it wasn't two or nineteen, it was in twenty twenty, my bad. When Satyan Adil spoke about it, so when he said that, you know, I decided to pen something about you know racism in Malaysia and something that we uh, cannot ignore. It is happening in our football. Some players, you know, they do they refuse to talk about it because they don't want to lose their source of income or clubs mm-hmm. so in our case we decided to actually you know tell people what's really happening in Asia in terms of our football especially when it comes to racism so it was a heartfelt commentary on me describing about the times that i lived in in the past how it was and so on mm-hmm. and uh, you know what's happening right now so i'm glad that it was recognized but for me the recognition should lead to something should lead to a lot of conversation Mm. You know, it should not just be a mere recognition. So I'm glad that people are now actually talking about it. And even recently, I wrote an article on LinkedIn uh, uh, questioning about the policy of uh, several clubs and academies in terms of selecting players. Like you know, we see a lot of uh, sorry to say this, we see a lot of Malay boys in the team, whereas we don't see non-Malay boys in the team. In yeah. I mean, in most teams these days. So. Uh, I guess we need to talk about this so that people know what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, you know, we we are starting a conversation on this kind of matters. And I hope it will uh, <clears throat> it will continue in the days, months, or weeks to come. 
Yeah. Okay. And I hope your fight continues and it brings about something good in Malaysian football. That's my hope too. That's my hope. Yeah. Same here. Anyways, for this article that you wrote about, can you share it with us? Uh, with, with which article? The one that you won the award for, the racism one. Oh, uh, basically I spoke about... No, I mean, can we get the article? Can you share us? Oh, sorry, article? you yeah. uh, can, can, no problem. I'll share it to you. You can yeah, after I'll this, share yeah. it after. I'll share it to you after the session. Yeah, <laughs> I was sure. wondering, you're asking me to brief about the. No, 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 okay. no. <laughs> I wanted you to share the article so that our listeners and whoever is on our social media feed is able to read it as well. Maybe they might have missed it, or maybe those residing overseas might not know about it. So no, no problem. I'll surely, yeah. I'll surely share it. <laughs> All right, great. That's fantastic. So right now, we're going to start with segment one of your journey as a Sweden fan. So here we go. Segment one will begin right now. First question, when did you begin this journey as a Sweden fan? Okay, I started following football in 1997. At the time, I was watching you know, Terra play games in the stadium and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I got uh, to know about tennis Bukem in 1997, late 1997. Mm-hmm. I got to know about tennis Bukem and that's when I got to know about Arsenal and that's why that's when I started following Arsenal. Okay. But I wasn't following any country. My family members, most of them were following Brazil because, you know, at the time Brazil were, were the hit team. Like, you know, they played yeah. good football. People like Ronaldo, Roberto Palos, Cafu, top, top players. Yeah. But I... I didn't really watch games on television. I always, you know, uh, listen to radio when mm-hmm. it comes to, you know, uh, matches and commentaries and all that. So my first uh, experience watching a football game was in 2001. And at that time, I watched some qualifying ga- uh, highlights of Sweden's games. And at that time, I was really impressed with Henrik Larsson mm. uh, and their defender, Patrick Anderson, who I think to okay. date is one of the best Swedish defenders like yeah. in terms of his mm-hmm. leadership and authority. So when I saw that, I was like, this team looks interesting. And in 2002, I actually watched their games in the World Cup and I, I kind of liked it. Even though, you know, I come from a background where, we, where Arsenal plays entertaining football, Pera also plays that, you know, entertaining football. Mm-hmm. Sweden were something of a team. Like they all worked together as one. At the yeah. time, Henrik Larsson was a very popular player. But yet, when he joined the Swedish team, he worked with them. It wasn't about one individual. And, you know, there were players like Olaf Melberg, Patrick Anderson, the goalkeeper, Magnus Edmund, huge guy, Mm. but could make brilliant saves. Anders Svensson, who was, you know, everywhere on the pitch. Nicholas Alexanderson was able to play left and right. And then uh, Zlatan was coming up at the time. Actually, he was a young player. He's only 20. And uh, Marcus Albach, I thought he... Mm. If he was with a top club, I think he could have scored more goals because he was such a poacher. Mm, so, true. these players actually, when I saw them, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to continue supporting them. And that, at, that time of, at that point of time also, I didn't have the uh, need to move to another team. So, I just decided to continue following them. And I, I like how they built the team, especially when uh, Hoxon was uh, in Scandinavia for a long time. Mm-hmm. They stuck to his principle and they worked ways to make it even better. So mm-hmm. you had uh, coaches like Lars Lagerbach, Tommy Soderberg, who made sure that legacy continued, but they put in their own element in it. So that really impressed me. I like the 
the growth that they have shown since then. I mean, there were ups and downs and so on. No doubts about that. But you know, it's it's something that I've uh, grown fond of for many for for many years. All right, that's cool. That's a uh, quite a nutshell. In fact, we've answered a few of the questions I have lined up <laughs> for you. Thank you very much on that. No problem. Um. On that question, because you said your family were fans of Brazil, quite common team, one of the most most uh, glamorous national teams to support by the natives of our of our lands. Mm-hmm. Um, were you ever tempted, or you know, heavily influenced? Maybe someone was trying to influence you to give up on Sweden and join the Brazilian gang. No, actually, no. My family members, in that sense, because. Uh, we all watch football but we weren't fanatics we weren't like mm. you know oh, you must follow this team or you must you know uh, why are you following Sweden you should be following this team there was no such talk at all my father just watched football for the fun of it mm. he didn't really follow anyone fervently mm. so there was no influence from other people yes there, some people have actually asked me of all teams why Sweden so when I explained to them you know they kind of like Really? Why? <laughs> I still ask that question. So, but you know, it's it's interesting like, when you get those kind of reactions. But people somehow were impressed that I stuck to them. Like you know, mm. for many years I did not change. Like because the the Sweden team from two thousand two till now they've gone through various phases. They've yeah. gone through lots of changes. Yeah. So I still stuck with them, and they were very impressed with that. Even this year also, they were making fun of me. But I kind of like it. This kind of banter is. Is something that we are used to. <laughs> It's quite fun, lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is indeed impressive. That's what uh, has brought you to this show, in fact, because you know I got to know of you on Twitter for some time. Uh-huh. Normally, our conversations have always been around Malaysian football, uh-huh, and yes. then suddenly during these Euros, you you say you know you you're a Swedish fan, and then I I caught on to that and like wow, you're a <laughs> Swedish fan, and you don't really get that in uh, this part of the world. Unless, of course, you're Swedish, but if you're not no, Swedish, not. <laughs> yeah, not not really common. And then here we are on this show, so it is impressive because it's not easy. I would imagine supporting a team like that, and you know, sometimes we we watch their games. Their games can be a bit dull and uh, mm. dull, and you know, very one-dimensional. So right. not really attractive as well. But you stuck to your guns. I think mm. that's very impressive. Mm. So you mentioned a lot about the. Uh, The Swedish players that you know have uh, impressed you. Mm. Now, segment two, we'll talk about the teams and more on the players as well. Mm. So, going on to segment two now. Eric Edmund found room down the left and crossed to Larsson, who scored with a stunning header. He decided to retire from international football after the 2002 World Cup, but was persuaded back into the game. And his heroics helped Sweden to a quarter-final place. His header was voted goal of the championships. We are starting segment two. My first memory of Sweden came from Euro '92 when Sweden hosted that tournament, mm. and then two years later at the 1994 World Cup, which was the first ever international tournament that I watched. Mm. And uh, I am I'm aware that you were not a fan at that time. But what do you recall of those teams? You know, they were quite stellar teams. Those two because Euro '92 Sweden uh, finished uh, in the semi-finals. They lost mm. to the finalist Germany. Mm. Who were at that time world champions by a narrow margin, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then USA '94, you lost to the eventual champions Brazil, Brazil. in the semi-final and mm. got third place very impressively, beating Bulgaria 4-0. Mm. 
So that those teams then in '92 and '94 were stellar teams. What do you remember of them? Actually, after following Sweden in 2002, as I got older, I started reading up on them. So it started from 1958 till the 1994 team. So 1958 was the team that lost to Brazil. In they were inspired. Yeah, they were inspired by a certain 17-year-old who went on to become one of the best players in the world. Really. Yeah. So, yeah. but at that time, you know, there were a few players like Gunnar uh, Nordahl. Mm. Tom and all that few good players who were stellar names at the time, and yeah. then 1992 and 1994, you had players like Thomas Ravey, uh, Thomas Brolin, uh, Andreas Limpa. These mm. players were all individuals that could change uh, a game in a jiffy. They are that yeah. kind of a player. They are that kind of individuals for their clubs. So it was no surprise to see Sweden doing well in 1992 and 1994. But then the transition after that. You know, took well. And in 1994, Hendrik Larsson also played. Yeah, so with his long dreadlocks. Yeah, with his long dreadlocks. So it was at the time people realized that you know, when one individual talent comes up, then there will be few more coming in. It was same with uh, when Larsson left, Ibra became the big name in Sweden. And mm. then after that, you know, there was this transition like Forsberg started coming in, and then of course to Forsberg. So in that sense, they had a very steady group, which I was quite impressed. And it all started from I would I believe it started from the 1992 Euros. Like they learned yeah. from it, they became even better, they became even stronger. And at the time, Scandinavian nations were developing very well because of uh, Roy Hodgson, mm. because of his influence in Scandinavian football. He brought in 4-4-2, and they stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, they were very organized. They were it was hard to you know shake them off. In terms of defending or keeping the ship with the yeah. formation four four two, but when they went up to attack, they they were quite devastating, lah. And yeah, were, true, true. In fact, and, that uh, I think you missed out one guy, Martin Dalin, right? Oh Dalin. yes, Martin Dalin. Dalin and Brulin partnership Brulin, was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these were these were the players who could you know change a game in a in, in an instant. Yeah. So I would say Sweden were gifted with talented individuals, but at the end of the day, they kept to their cards, which is teamwork. Mm. So that really impressed me a lot, lah. Like, yes, I'm a fan of you know beautiful football. When I followed Arsenal, I was so accustomed to you know those free-flowing attacks and all that. Mm. But I would say Sweden gave me a sort of balance in terms of understanding football. Mm. So you have the attack of Arsenal, and then you have the defensive solidity and organisation from a bit more pragmatic. A bit more pragmatic. So I like that. I, 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 at first I was frustrated, but then after that I realised this is part of football. You cannot just yeah. be so stuck to one way of playing the game. So when I saw when when I had these two teams and I watched both of them, I still I felt like I had a balance. Mm. Mm. Correct. I understand mm. that. I I support Italy. And you know when ah, it comes okay. to pragmatism and defensive football, Italy is the champion. But the, but in the Euro 2020, they're doing yeah. quite well. They have been brilliant. Huh? Yeah, that that's, that has been a departure from the past. But yeah. you know, in the past, how Italy has played normally. And in mm-hmm. club football, one of my favorite teams is Manchester United, and Manchester United too play you know free flowing football. So that Correct. balance you speak about. Yeah, yeah, the, it increases your understanding of the game. Of the game, correct. Um, so yes, that was the great Swedish team of '92 and '94. Mm. Very well put. I think there's also another guy called Kenneth Anderson. Kenneth Anderson, yes. yes. Kenneth Anderson. So they had a mix, like as you said, you know, you had the uh, Martin Dalin and 
Thomas Brulin were players that could play with the ball on the ground. Mm. And if you need to go long ball, you had Cannon Anderson for Anderson, that. Yes, correct. Yeah, so they had a, a mix of style and they can vary it a bit. So yeah, that Swedish yeah. team was uh, certainly, especially for our my generation, was certainly one that uh, we remember Sweden for. Yes, correct. correct. Yeah. So coming yeah. closer now to the time you became a fan, the mm. 2002. So I believe World Cup 2002, you would have probably watched almost all the games because the timing was fantastic, right? Yes, correct, correct. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And in that tournament, Sweden was in the group of death. They had England, Argentina, Nigeria, and the uh-huh. Nigeria team was strong. Sweden finished it top of that group. Mm, yes. Yeah, so what do you make of that team and their performance in that World Cup? Actually, if you ask me, before the tournament started, when I saw the draw, yes, people would be like, you know, the favourites would be Argentina and England. Mm. But I had the belief that Sweden could actually come out of it. Mm. Because they had the tendency to frustrate England all the time in the qualifiers of yes. the East. Yes. And, uh, you know, when you play against a side like Sweden, you have to be very smart. You have to use your brains. If not, you cannot beat them. They're that kind of a team. Yeah. So, I had that belief. Them. Mm. And uh, at the time, you know, players like uh, Henry Larson was on form, Zlatan was an exciting talent, mm. and their defense, you know, Olaf Melberg and Johan Melberg, even when Patrick Anderson wasn't there, was injured, these two held the defense together very well. So mm. I was very, I mean, at that point of time, you know, I was happy with the way they performed in the group stages. I was upset they lost to Senegal. Yeah, by the golden goal. By the golden I'm goal. Heartbreaking. And at that point of time also, uh, I thought Zlatan, instead of, you know, there was this one chance, I think it was in the 70th or 80th minute, I'm not too sure. He had a chance where he could have squared it to Henrik Larsson to another midfielder, Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken, they were in the box. But Zlatan being Zlatan, I think he wanted to seize the moment. He went for, he decided to go on his own and his shot was saved by the keeper. Mm-hmm. No, he hit the post actually, sorry. So, I, for me, there was a pivotal moment. That's when I realized that if Zlatan had squared the pass, the Sweden would have won the game. Mm. So All it was co- the ifs and buts, right? Yeah, the ifs and buts. So, it was a, for me, it was a good tournament, a memorable tournament. For first time watching my favorite team playing in a tournament, I thought that was a good start. But <laughs> I was still upset that we lost to Senegal. True. It, in a way, it was a tournament of upsets because there were a lot of upsets. There were yeah. some controversial ones, some dubious ones, but it was yeah, a, yeah, it was a tournament of upsets. And for people like us staying in this part of the world, it was fantastic because the timing was great. We could watch yes. every single game and could, not lose an ounce right. of sleep. Yeah, because plus I was only 11 at the time and okay. I could go to school the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so I could still watch the games and then go to school, you know. Yeah, Imagine yeah, yeah. if it was the European time, I couldn't watch the games because I had to sleep and then go to school at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, So true. I thought it was a perfect tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Two years after in Portugal, Euro mm. 2004, would you say that this team reached its height in that tournament? And then the decline started because this team, um, as you mentioned, Zlatan, I think was old. Zlatan was older. Mm. Henrik Larsson was still there. Fredrik Ljungberg was there, and all those defensive stalwarts you've mentioned, they they were still there. Mm. Uh, they finished top of the group ahead of Italy. They knocked Italy out, yeah. also they in a bit Italy. of a controversial circumstances, mm. and they lost in the quarterfinals on penalties. So very narrow margin, as you all know, penalties always a lottery. Mm. So, what would you say about this 2004 team? Did I they reach it, the height? Uh, 
Sadly, they faced the Netherlands side that was, you know, pretty strong. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. At the time, they had a, a certain Iron Robin there who I thought was having a massive campaign as a 20 year old. Yeah. He was 19 or 20, I'm not too sure. So he's doing quite well. And, uh, but I would say at that point of time, for them to reach at that level, quarterfinals was a good, good thing because the, if you ask me, Euros are tougher than the World Cup because you're facing mm. sides that are almost on par with you. Mm. Whereas in the World Cup, you have the element of unpredictability because you'll be facing sides from the CONCACAF and also from AFC. Yeah. So it will be totally different. But Euro, you have to be on your toes all the time. You have to be on the dot. If you lose concentration, you will be punished. Mm. So in that sense, Sweden had that in them, that, that focus, that determination to get results. Whether or not they play good football, whether or not whether it's a good football or pragmatic kind of football, they still want to get results. That's how they think, which I think is a good uh, aspect to have in any kind of international football. So I would say 2004 was the pinnacle. Yes, I agree because they had a very good qualifying campaign that year. And uh, they also wanted to bring the momentum from World Cup. And I mm. think last Lagerberg was still coaching the side. Tommy Soderberg had left. Mm. So it was a side that still had the, the crux of the players from 2002. Albach was there, Larson was there, Leunberg was there, Olof Melberg was there, Johan Malbay was there. And like you said, Zlatan was at the peak of his powers at the time. He was actually reaching the peak level already. But I also felt that Zlatan could have done better in that tournament. Uh-huh. But Zlatan is a player that always wants to play on his own. He wasn't still very much part of that team unit, if you get me. Mm, like, I get last, like Larsen was like, Larsen understood how Sweden played the game. Mm. So he's able to blend with them very well. Whereas Latan, because he comes from a different neighborhood in Sweden, I don't, I don't know if you read his autobiography, but his mindset was totally different than the Swedish players. Okay. Swedish players was all about, you know, uh, organization, focus, effort, discipline. Whereas yeah. Zlatan was more towards, you know, showing his flamboyance. He wanted to win games on his own. In his idol was Ronaldo. Mm. Where Swedish players would have said, you know, my idol is uh, Kenneth Anderson and Andreas Limpa and um. all that. So, he was different. So, I guess at that point of time, he was still young. He was only 23 years old. So, he's coming into that phase of, you know, trying to understand the team. And eventually, he did. But whenever he played, the focus won. I mean, whenever Sweden played, when he was the captain or the leader of the team, the focus was on him. Mm. So, that team element wasn't really there. So, things started changing in NFL. After 2004, we saw the ups and downs of the Swedish national team. Mm. Yeah. And by the way, I just got to add on that. uh, In 2004, Tommy Soderberg and Lars Lagerbeck were still the managers at that time. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, Google helped me with that <laughs> all this uh, important element to have so we have reached the end of segment two now on uh, the rise and fall in, in some sense of the Swedish team when you were a fan mm. now we're going on to segment three mm-hmm. we're going to speak about your favourites all your favourites okay there's a about Sweden now which is very impressive indeed Brolin darling that it's glorious! Absolutely glorious! Thomas Brolin! Superb interplay! Alright, Avinesh, we're back now in segment three. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to address your favourites. Okay. We start with your favourite Swedish player. Favourite Swedish player, Henrik Larsson. Mm. Okay. Henrik Larsson. He was, uh, he was a striker that... I know strikers, they all... You know, strikers, they always want to score goals. But Larsson was totally different. He wanted to make everyone around him better. When he was with Celtic, when he was in Barcelona, and even with the national team. So, mm. I really liked that trait in him. La. So, mm. for me, he was one of my favourite players in Sweden. Okay. Larsen mm. with dreadlocks or without it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> good question. Uh, I guess without it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, more clean cut. Yeah. Okay, your favourite Swedish jersey? My favorite Swedish jersey, the one they wore in the 2016 Euros. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a uh, that's closer to now. Yeah, from back then, 90s and the 2000s. Any favorite? I like the 2008 UEFA Euro campaign. Mm. Yeah, I like the jersey. It was simple. They wore Umbro if I'm not mistaken that year, so it's quite nice. All right. Um. Do you get any of these jerseys? Have you bought any of them? Uh, the old ones, no. Because at the time, <laughs> Sweden wasn't really a popular side, so it's really yeah. hard to get the jerseys. Yeah. But I have the 216 jersey because uh, it was... My colleagues got it for my birthday. Okay. Uh, so I have the 216 jersey and then uh, I'm, I actually just ordered the 2020 jersey. Alright. Has it arrived yet? No, not yet. Oh. <laughs> okay, hopefully it arrives in time. Yeah, hopefully they will remain in the knockout stages. <laughs> yeah, by, by the time the jersey arrives. Yep, true. Yeah, yeah. Your favourite Swedish manager? Uh, Lars Lagerberg. Okay. Um, Your fondest memory of your time as a Swedish fan? 2002 World Cup. My first memory of them. I mean, first memory of watching them. I think that was a good campaign. And uh, for me, it was sweet because my family actually sat with me and watched the games. And they were wondering why this year is... <laughs> Supporting Sweden. <laughs> and you know, sometimes this and... kind of things, you know, sometimes we watch a game as a neutral and then we end up rooting for the underdogs. We sometimes then develop that soft spot. But yeah, we don't yeah. actually say, okay, that's my favourite team. Your favourite team will still be maybe in England, mm. Italy, Argentina, Brazil, that kind of nations. But you have just bring it to the next level. <laughs> Sometimes when we watch games, I think Sweden is also one of those teams. It is quite a common team where people would root for as an yeah, underdog. I actually have one more player to add on, my favourite player. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of Christian Wilhelmsen. Christian Wilhelmsen, yes, yes, yes. yes. yes I he have. was a yeah. winger and yeah. he was a late bloomer. Why I liked him was because he had flair. Mm. But at his age, at around, even when he was 33, 34, the way he track back to help the wing backs and also to you know come up to attacks and his combination it's nothing was amazing to watch mm. so i thought he was also one of my favorite players to don the swedish jersey okay cool um yeah earlier on you spoke about this player called nicholas alexanderson <laughs> yes he's a favorite among those who play championship manager yes i've actually bought him several times on championship manager <laughs> yeah he can play anywhere yeah, yeah, correct. He's such a versatile player. And even when he was in his late 30s, mm. he was performing well. Mm. He was performing well. And that's the beauty of uh, Scandinavian players. They can play up 
they can play top level football until they are 35 36 without any issues mm. so in that yeah. sense you know i'm quite impressed with the longevity you know another player is anders svensson Yeah, and the midfielder I think yeah. he also won it uh, all time greats of Swedish football. He played for so, Southampton, right? Yes, he played for Southampton. Mm. And also Sweden had players that could deliver uh, dead ball very well. Yes, correct. They are set pieces are very good. One of them was Svensson actually, yeah. Svensson and That's now is yeah. Sebastian Larsson also. Yeah. Set piece is good. Yeah. But That now is, I think he's no now. more doing the duties at the moment. But then this year in the Euros They've not been getting any set pieces, so so impact yeah. can't be seen much, lah. Okay, cool. So going away from Sweden, your mm. favorite club, Arsenal. Yes, Arsenal. From 1997. 1997, yes. Okay, favorite moment as an Arsenal fan. The invincible season. Hmm. Okay. No doubt about it. Favorite Arsenal player? Ah, uh, wow, Dennis Bergkamp. Ah, uh, he's my favorite player of all time, actually. Okay. Even my phone also, I have his. Uh, I have this photo as my background. <laughs> oh. I and in that sense, I'm surprised you didn't go for Holland then. To actually, many people ask me that question. You like Berkem? Why did you go for Holland? I said mm. they didn't play in the 2002 World Cup. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. They were knocked out <laughs> yeah, by Ireland knocked, in the qualifiers. Yes, they were knocked out by Ireland in the qualifiers. But at the time, you know, before I was following Netherlands, I was already following uh, Sweden. So okay. I didn't see the need to support Netherlands. Now, I mean, there were a few. Good players that came up like Robin Van Persie was playing for Netherlands, so people asked me why I don't want to support him. Then I was like, no lah. I for me it's Sweden. In international football, it is Sweden. And even if they don't qualify for these tournaments, I will not watch. I will not support any team. I'll just watch the games as a neutral. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, Andres Limpa was a former Arsenal player as well. Mm. Um, I remember him was a winger. Mm, yes. Speedy, speedy winger. Um. Speedy. Freddie Lundberg also. Freddie Lundberg, yes, that was Freddie the other Lundberg guy. Freddie Lundberg was such a good player. Then Kim Carl oh. Salstrom came for a while. I, I yeah. wish that his team in Arsenal could have been better, mm. but uh, he was coming towards a phase where he's always injury prone. But he's mm. a talented, talented midfielder. Mm. If he wasn't injury prone, I think he could have been. He was playing in France and he was doing quite well actually. Mm. He could have gotten a bigger club, but you know injuries and all that, so he couldn't really. Succeed in the club level, but for Sweden he was brilliant. Yeah, correct. Kim Karlström, I remember as well. Kim yeah, Karlström. very good, very very good player. player. Um, Freddy Lundberg had always this ability to just ghost into the box. Yes, correct. He, he played <laughs> as a winger, but it wasn't really a winger. It was more like another centre forward. Correct, correct. He gave options to the Arsenal side actually. Yeah. Like Pires would run on the. Byland Lundberg also did that, but he would love to go inside the box. So that is why you saw players like Andre having more of the ball, and Lundberg just goes in and tries to look for an opening and all that. Yeah. So it was quite a good combination. Like he was part of that invincible season as well. Yeah. So yeah, good player, good player, and he was also a good player for Sweden. Actually, most players who played for Sweden, I would say, even though they don't perform with their clubs, but for country, they always gave their hundred percent love. They gave their all. Okay, so you've already answered your all-time favorite player. If I were to give you an option to name two more players that your favorite all-time, who would you name? The ones that I've watched throughout yeah. my life. Yeah. Uh, okay, Dennis Bergkamp, mm. Thierry Henry, mm. Lionel Messi. Okay. Actually, I can. <laughs> I mean, because I always. I mean, these are players who entertain you. 
Mm-hmm. But if you ask me, like in defense, I like Paolo Maldini, Alessandro mm-hmm. Costa Curta, and mm-hmm. also uh, Olaf Welbeck from Sweden. And then in midfield, you have you know some really good names. Like uh, my favorite was Patrick Vieira. I also like Roy Keane. Then okay. uh, old school Steven Gerrard. A few mm-hmm. names that I can miss, lah. But if you ask me, the three players that I would put in the top three would be Dennis, Henry, uh, and third would be Messi, lah. Okay, cool. And I'm going to ask you to name your Sweden all-time 11 now. Okay. We, we're going to limit it to players that played in the 90s and 2000s. Okay, okay. Who yeah. do you have? Goalkeeper Magnus Hedman. Okay. He played in the 2002 World Cup. Big keeper, mm. pulled off good saves and he was very yeah. imposing. So he yeah. would give any defense. Uh, I mean, he gives defense great, great confidence. And then yeah. uh, I would go four four two yeah for Sweden okay. because that's what they've been accustomed to. So on my right, I would go with uh, who would I go with? Is it right? Uh, Martin Olsen, who mm. oh, I think is a much better option than Mikael Dusty. If you ask me, it's just that over the last few years his uh, performances have gone down. Uh, Centre back, I would go with uh, Olaf Melberg and Patrick Andersen. Mm. Both were good captains. They played very well for the nation. Olaf Melberg is uh, sound with the ball. Patrick Andersen is strong and is able to, you know, scare defenders with his physique. Yeah. So in that sense, he's one player that I really like. There's there's player. one more centre back I want to name. Joachim Bjorklund. Ah, he's good as well. Yes, Joachim yeah. Bjorklund. Bjorklund. But uh, if you ask me, I prefer Melberg and Andersen. Andersen because he was such a good captain. Whereas Melberg was his longevity, how long he played in the game was mm-hmm. really impressive. Even until 36, he was still playing at a very good level, good pace. Aston so Villa, right? Yes, Aston Villa, Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. And uh, my left back would be—I don't know if you heard of this player called Eric Edman. Eric Edman. He oh used yes. To play for yeah. Spurs, a very good left back. Underrated, if you ask me, worked really hard for Sweden. Just mm. not recognized. I felt that he wasn't really recognized. Mm. So he would be playing as my left back. Uh, midfield. Okay, I would go with Anders Svensson and Nicholas Alexanderson in the middle. Okay. Because they offer a lot of uh, fluidity in terms mm. of you know movement, passes, and all that. Alexanderson mm. can also go into the. Wing areas where Swenson has got his good dead ball abilities, mm. and then wingers I would go with Freddie Lundberg mm-hmm. and also uh, oh, what? These are plays that I'm basically based on the games that I've watched. I mean, yeah, if I no watched problem. the plays in the nineties, I would have mentioned the names as well. Yeah, yeah, no uh, problem. Ah, uh, another one. Ah, oh, Williamson. Williamson. Yeah. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, Kristen Williamson and Lundberg up front. Yeah. Uh, Henrik Larsson and uh, Zlatan lah. Mm. Okay, I thought you're gonna pull a shocker by dropping Zlatan for maybe Marcus Allback. Ah, uh, actually, I was thinking of that, but at the end of the day, he still our the the country stops scorer. Mm. And uh, he he did pull off some moments that I would never forget lah. For mm. example, when he played against Italy, and then again, yeah. and then also the playoffs against Portugal. He could have singularly brought the nation to the World Cup, but then Ronaldo uh, had other ideas, lah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was impressive, lah. And also his goals were brilliant, lah. Mm. 
especially the, his bicycle kick against England, England. Yeah. Uh, and also the goals in Euros were really something that we all enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, true. Okay, you can't drop Zlatan. Can't. can't. <laughs> Who would you get to manage this team? Uh, last Lagerbach. Hmm. Okay. Last Lagerbach. All right. Now your all-time favorite eleven. So minus the Swedish players, all-time oh, this, favorite eleven. This is going to be tough, man. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Goalkeeper. I would go with Jan Luigi Buffon. Okay. Goalkeeper in the middle. I would go with Tony Adams. Mm-hmm. And uh, what formation? This one I will go with four three three. Okay. So keeper was I mentioned Buffon, right? Yes, yes. Luigi Buffon. Yeah. And then in the middle I would go with uh, with Tony Adams and also. I would like to put Maldini on the left, but mm-hmm. I think I'm going to put him as a centre back. Mm. So Paolo Maldini as my centre back, and my left back would be. Even though I hate to say this, but I always rated him highly. Ashley Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Cashley, Cashley, Cashley Cole. Cole. Yeah, I thought he was was one of the best wing wing backs England has ever produced. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and right back Kafu, Kafu, mm. my one of my all time favorite wing back. I actually tried to play like him when I was in. School, but I couldn't. <laughs> Were you yeah. selected for your school team? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I only okay. played uh, like normal amateur football, etc. Right. I wasn't selected for. Uh, I wasn't selected for the school team. I wasn't good enough to be honest. Okay. Okay. okay the three midfielders. I would yes. go with Patrick Vieira as uh-huh. the holding midfielder, obvious choice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, in front of him, I would play Zinadin Zidane. Hmm. And also, wow, this is getting really tough. Uh, Dennis Bakem. Oh, okay. I would put him in the midfield three. It means uh, Zidane would Zidane and Bakem would be doing the playmaking duties. Mm. I'll just let Vieira help the defense. <laughs> wow. So in the front three, uh, Leo Messi on the right. Mm-hmm. Thierry Henry on the Uh, Terry Henry in the center. Okay. Okay. Left wing. A lot of plays in my mind now. <laughs> uh, the first name off your head. Left wing. I would say Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. Yeah. There you have Cristiano it. Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> your manager to manage this team. Passing finger. <laughs> uh, all right, right, right. Okay, okay. We're gonna do a bit of a quick fire. Yeah, so I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna name the like all these big glamorous national teams. Hmm. You name me the first player that comes to mind when I mention these teams. Okay, sure. No okay, so yeah. we go with Brazil. Ronaldo. Germany. Uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Italy. Christian Panucci. Wow. Okay. Um. Let's see. Holland. Holland. Uh, Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah. Obvious. Portugal. Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo. Spain. Uh. Andres Iniesta. France. Thierry Henry. Uh. Let's see. England. 
England uh, Tony Adams Okay the last one a bit special Malaysia Malaysia Okay you said quick fire Yeah um, okay, Mokhtar Dari Mokhtar Dari Okay Legend Mokhtar yeah. Dari <laughs> All right bro thank you very much for your time and no thank you for speaking to us it has been a delightful conversation between us thank you for having me it's a pleasure talking on your show i hope to participate in your shows in the future as well yeah i hope you topics. listen to us as well i yeah sure i was listening to them actually just now okay uh, so I'll continue listening to the other uh, sessions as well okay i hope you enjoy yourself and i hope the listeners as well enjoy this episode Title the Malaysian Swedish fan <laughs> Avi Thank you thank you <laughs> Look out look out for the collaterals coming out soon <laughs> I'll be sharing it with you it's going to okay, be epic sure, no <laughs> I'm sure people will be thinking why is this fellow supporting this team but then you know, I'm going to stick to them for a very long time Yeah I, I wish you all the best in fact Thank you very much thank you very much <laughs> Welcome take care Take care, you too. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah, same here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.